This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's begin now. You're damn right. Oh, you're damn right, baby. We're back. We're here till 3 o'clock today, live and local, 610 Sports Radio. You've just heard Jay Binkley. That man is running home because he's got a good slate of college football, and he said he's got a bunch of wings in his house. He's a blue cheese kind of guy. Crumbles only, not the dressing. You got a hot date on Saturday night, Jay Binkley? You do? That's awesome. Veronica, very nice. Uh, Nick Price, Dusty Likens. This is Out of Bounds. It's 12 o'clock. It's Saturday. It's Kansas City. It's gorgeous outside. Chiefs are on a bye week, so we're not going to talk Chiefs at all. That's not true. (laughs) I'm good, man. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go, too. It's been a long time since we've been on the air. It has been, um, it's been a really long time. October 12th was the last time that we were on the air. October 12th was the last time we were on the air? Yeah. Maybe for you. Well, that was the last time I was on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, a lot of stuff's happened, though. Yeah, uh, a lot of stuff. So, like, Nick and I were here this morning. For those of you that don't know how this whole thing works, it's real simple. You show up. You get coffee. You go to a local gas station. You get a breakfast Sammy. Mine had egg, cheese, and sausage. Nick Price just had egg and sausage. You kind of sit in this cubicle over here. You kind of collaborate with one another. And when the first thing we thought of wasn't... Boy, that field looked like trash in Mexico City. Or Ohio State, Penn State should be a really good game today. Now, we just started collaborating with one another and thinking, what the hell has happened since the last time we've been on air? And quite frankly, the list is long. Nick Price, let's do this. Yeah, the list is very long. So Mike Matheny was officially hired as the Royals' new manager. John Sherman became the official owner of the Royals in a unanimous vote. The Chiefs went 3-3 in that stretch. Mahomes dislocated his knee and then came back. Tyree Kill returned from his week one injury. Mason Rudolph got smacked with his own helmet. Colin Kaepernick got a workout. The Nationals won the World Series. No home team won a game. The Astros were exposed for cheating a lot. The NBA season started. Steph Curry got hurt and the Warriors stink. Carmelo Anthony's back in the league. He's rocking the double zero. Love it. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's been resting a lot. Yeah. College basketball started. Kentucky lost to Evansville. The Purple Aces. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The NHL season started. Kyle Busch won the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, Mm. Disney Plus came out. Yes. Becky Hammond served as the head coach of the Spurs after Popovich got ejected. Uh-huh. And uh, you told me the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show has been canceled. It's a damn shame. I also turned 25. Yeah. Um, yeah, Victoria's Secret Fashion Show was canceled due to uh, scrutiny from, uh, like, I feel like a couple years past. Also, um, just bad ratings. I guess people don't want to watch the Victoria's Secret uh, Fashion Show anymore. Sorry, Jay. Um, but, uh, yeah, they just uh, they canceled that this year. That's not happening. We talked about some other stuff. Uh, Becky Hammond, uh, great, uh, 
great deal for her as Greg Popovich was, uh, he got gotted uh, out of a game. And they were like, well, who's going to take over? And he said, she is. Uh, so huge for that. Um, not only that, but yeah, you said Patrick Mahomes' kneecap. I actually was there when that happened. Um, that sucked. Uh, the Chiefs go three and three. Mm-hmm. They, they stay 500, so there's no no issue there. But uh, yeah, lot. it just seems like it just lets you know like, you might think to yourself, oh, you guys are only off the air for, like, a month. Some of you might love that. Um, but it just shows you how crazy the sports world can be slash entertainment world when you're only gone for, like, literally four weeks. Yeah, no, and also, like I said, uh, I've got kind of a funny story to share with you about my birthday. So, I turned 25. Yeah, you uh, you just had a birthday, by the way. Feliz, uh, feliz cumpleaños. Yeah. Gracias. Canada. Uh, so anyway, on my birthday, I went to work at the bar that I work at at Jefferson's, North Kansas City. And, Shout out. Um, the hostess, Candace, sweetest lady ever, she, yeah. baked, she baked me a birthday cake. It was vanilla with uh, chocolate frosting, and mm. I come in in the morning. Like the whole like, cake was vanilla, and the chocolate was just, the frosting like was just on the chocolate? It. Yeah, it was all around it. Chocolate was it like frosting. thick frosting? It, it was like medium frosting. Okay. So it wasn't like too much or anything. It was an excellent cake. Shout mm. out to Candace. Like, great bake. Oh, we know you enjoyed it. But. <laughs> so here's where the kind of curb your enthusiasm moment came for me. Yeah. Because I show up to work in the morning, and they've got a bunch of, like, confetti that says happy birthday and this cake. And I did see a knife next to it, but I just kind of didn't pay any attention to it. Mm-hmm. Turns out we were a little slow to start out the day. We were a little overstaffed. So they're like, hey, just go home and enjoy your birthday. Mm. So I messed up. And it's because I then picked up the full cake and my belongings, and I said, all right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow. And I left without cutting the cake. And I realized this when I was at my birthday dinner with my parents. They asked me, oh, what kind of cake it was? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't cut into it yet. I haven't eaten it. And my mom just dropped it. Nicholas, are you serious? Oh, she hit the, the no, full she, name. She hit the full name. Oh, man. And so this was a big deal. We had to figure out, like, what we were going to do. Am I going to bring the cake back the next day? Right. Turns out that we went out that night for my birthday. Saw Gordon Ramsay at Kelly's. That was, uh-huh. that was pretty crazy. But, See, I uh, think you would have liked the move. No, he probably would have liked it. It's like, it's your cake. Who cares what other people want to have? It's your cake. It's your birthday. You can have your cake and eat it. Exactly. Um, But so, you know, had a pretty fun night. Ended up uh, being a little nauseous the next morning. Didn't go to work. So I called out on Friday. And then my next day working was Tuesday. So I'm trying to figure out a way to, like, remedy this situation. Right. Of not cutting the cake and sharing it with my employees or my coworkers. And I figured, like, Tuesday is way too late. To bring in a cake because that's even more insulting no, if stale. you haven't like touched the cake in five plus days. Plus, it's gone from the work to your house back to work. Who knows who's like fingered it and stuff right. like that. Yeah, no. And so then, Oof. basically, what ended up happening was I came in. I brought I bought some uh, quick trip donuts. So you, a, okay. and I brought them in. I was like, "Hey guys, I know that uh, I kind of messed up, but here's some donuts, that's... and I think they all hate me." No, they don't. So we get this. We'll get this figured out. Uh, Protein House, you with the purpose text line 69306 is the text line today. Uh, Did Nick Price do the right thing? He took his cake home. It was his birthday cake. He took it home. He didn't have to share it. Do you have to share your birthday cake if it's been gifted to you? Also, you spent your damn birthday money on donuts for your employees. To be fair, it was like $3.50 for six donuts. You didn't need to tell anybody that. Um, It's a sports show. That's uh, Nick Price. I'm Dusty Likens. And what we need to dive into is that the playoffs for the Chiefs could be set. And it sounds pretty tough when you think about it in reality when you do the say it out loud test. That's where we go from there. Thursday night football this week was absolutely horrendous. I watched it. I had a fantasy player on there, by the way, 
Uh, Steven Serta, you can hear his fantasy football show this Sunday um, from 9 to 10 until uh, Bink starts up on Sunday from 10 to noon. Uh, no Chiefs game this week, as we have said, as a bye week. Later today on this show, we will call Pete Sweeney. He is on a road trip. I have uh, already spoken to him. We won't be talking about really any Chiefs football. So for those of you that just really want to hear Chiefs and Pete Sweeney, I'm sorry. Um, but Thursday night football was kind of an implication for a lot of people. And I know that a lot of people probably already talked about a little bit of this. But when the Texans and the Colts played, it was what basically a week, what, a 12 Thursday night football game is. The home team always seems to win this late in the season just because they don't travel on a short week. They get to stay at home. They're doing their own thing. They get to play a divisional opponent. The Colts had to travel after playing on Sunday with a quarterback who just came back from a spraining as MCL. They don't have their running back who broke his hand the week before. So everything was stacked against the Colts in Thursday night's game, and it was clearly obvious that the Texans were the better team, but it was clearly obvious that it was basically a two-man show. Yes, Will Fuller had a great game, didn't score any touchdowns, but it was DeAndre Hopkins and um, Deshaun Watson that really were connecting. They weren't really running the ball a whole lot. Carlos Hyde had a couple spurts, um, but it wasn't like a ton of stuff that was, um, you know, really left out in the open. Boy, this day just got worse. Jay Binkley just texted me and said, Birds left a present for you. Holy bleep. Two middle fingers. Not only that, but a young lady that works in this building with us, mm -hmm. uh, Emily, was like, hey, by the way, can you help me fix a toilet? Um, but we get out of that. We'll come back to that a little bit later. I had to help fix a toilet this morning in the female bathroom. It was weird. I didn't know what to do. Dusty kept... was very uncomfortable with the whole situation. It was. I just It was weird. But anyways, Thursday night football proved that the AFC is basically a three-team race. Those three teams are the Baltimore Ravens, the New England Patriots, and the Kansas City Chiefs. I truly believe this because of literally – all three of their quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson is probably this year's MVP. Tom Brady is whatever acronym you want to call him. And Patrick Mahomes is the best football player or the best quarterback in the NFL to this day. What makes it interesting for me is that the Texans and the Colts might have tiebreakers over the Chiefs. I don't think they end the season with a better record than the Chiefs. So the tiebreakers out of the window, I think the Chiefs should lock up a three seed. I think when you think of the Chiefs as a three seed and what they'd have to do to get to the Super Bowl, because a lot of people are still holding on to what the narrative was in the preseason that the Super Bowl or bust year was this year for the Chiefs. Because next year you pay Patrick Mahomes $200-plus million. You don't know what you're going to do with Chris Jones. I think he's one of the best players on this team. As one of my good friends used to always say, Chris Jones is the second-best player on the Kansas City Chiefs roster. Shout-out to him. Not only that, you look at what the Chiefs will have to do to go to the Super Bowl or bust. It's real simple. I think the one seed in the playoffs this year will be the Baltimore Ravens. They have tiebreaker over New England. I think they only lose one more game the rest they of the year. They got a pretty easy schedule right. for the rest of the way. I think they only lose one more, which would probably put them in a, well, I think it's like a 13-3 and record. New England could possibly lose two more games. There's a quite possibility the New England Patriots could lose two more games. I don't believe in the smoke. It says Tom Brady's had elbow issues this week, and they put him on the limited practice list. That's just what it always is with Tom Brady around this time of year. Hey, you need to take a break from practice. We can't just bench you and not have a – or not. we can't just rest you and not have this. Um, and they say there's some sort of, like, elbow soreness. I don't think it's like the Ben Roethlisberger, Tommy John. But if there was ever a time to start believing that Tom Brady could, could, could regress – it's got to be now. We don't know that for sure. It could be smoke and mirrors from the New England Patriots like it always is. 
but you get to where the Chiefs are at, the three seed. Let's say the five seed's the Bills and the six seed is the Raiders. Kramer's Raiders. The Chiefs are probably going to play the Raiders in the first round of the playoffs, right? Because they'd be the best seed that doesn't have a bye that would play the worst seed that right, gets to the playoffs. Right, they would play the, the second wild card team. Common sense. Which, when you look at that whole bunch of teams that are in contention for that second wild card spot, right. none of them really jump out at you as, oh, this could be a problem. And that's where it starts. That's where the difficulty starts with the Chiefs. And it's not the fact that they're not better than the Raiders. It's the fact that you have to beat the Raiders for a third time in one calendar year. Hard to beat a team three times. In a row. Then you move on from that, I think you play, you'd go play the Patriots, right? You'd be the best seed, or you'd be the you'd be the best seed that would play the, the best possible seed, right? You'd be three and two, one and four, if it worked that way. Right. Either way, the Ravens are getting the easiest possible matchup, and it wouldn't be the Chiefs. It can't be, because they wouldn't play the Patriots. Good luck tonight in your match tonight, Kramer. And the thing about it is, the Chiefs would then have to beat the Oakland Raiders for a third time this year. Twice at home, so there's the advantage. I think that doesn't matter. I think they would still beat the Raiders. I think they're a much better team than the Raiders, but the Raiders are. They're high on the Kool-Aid that John Gruden has put together this year. They're much improved. They're a lot better than everybody thought they Everyone were Everyone in be. Oakland is knocking on wood because they're with him. So then you would play the New England Patriots at Gillette. You wouldn't play the Patriots at Gillette for the AFC Championship game. No. You're playing the Patriots at Gillette for the second time this year. Divisional round. Divisional round. You get pit, You get. Pat versus Brady for a fourth time in a year. And then you've got to go to Baltimore and play Lamar Jackson for the third time in just over a year. But the two previous times you played him, you got him in your house and you barely beat him. You beat him on a fourth and nine and you beat him at your home opener by three points. Then you got to go to Baltimore. So when you say Super Bowl or bust, by God, this season's really tough because that playoff matchup, and I know, I get it. The discussion around playoff time is the fact that you've got to be prepared. You've got to be the best team out there. And you just got to know that you have 15 and nobody else does. I don't know what Tom Brady's elbow is. I don't know what all that talk is about that, about how he was seen being limited at practice. We'll see where that goes. But, man, it was about this time that year that Peyton Manning started to just be like, oh, man, this is real. Like, it's done. It's over with. And Lamar Jackson has nothing more than I think he wants to do than to beat Patrick Mahomes because he's lost to him ever since he's taken over that role as the Baltimore Ravens quarterback, which is two games. And then he's going to get to play him at his house, under his rules, under his lights, to go to the Super Bowl, if the Chiefs get that far. But the writing's on the wall for everybody, in case you didn't know. There's only five games left for the Kansas City Chiefs. There's only five games left for everybody else in the NFL. Before you know it, the playoffs are here. Hell, Black Friday is a week from yesterday. Sometimes it's all about timing, and it just so happens that the Chiefs might just have been great with timing when it comes to injury. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on 610 Sports Radio, Dusty Likens. With you until 3 o'clock today. Then it's the sexiest trio in sports radio as it is Julian Carroll, Christian Acero, and Julio Sanchez for overtime. You heard the promo, 435 Podcast. If you want to check out whatever uh, wrestling fan you are, Christian Acero does a uh, dynamite job. Get you all round up in that. 
Steven Serta and myself do a fantasy football podcast every week. Two of them for you, in fact. Keep you ready for the waiver wire. You got your playoffs starting up here in fantasy. I'm 7-4 and four in my league that I won last year, so I've got to defend the title. And right now I'm in second place. I'm okay with that. Injuries have been kind of bad for my fantasy squad. Not good. Seeming Not like good. a lock for the playoffs, though. That's what Sitting everybody that says. Spot. That's what everybody says, but there's like four teams that are 6-5. and five. Yeah. There's one team that's 9-1. and one. So, like, everyone's like, dude, you're fine. I don't know why you're freaking out. You're going to make the playoffs. I mean, I know nobody cares about my fantasy squad, but, like, I just, I'm a little nervous because I started a guy from Indianapolis this week, and uh, he didn't play at all. So, I got a goose egg to start the week out. But the guy I'm playing has David Johnson, Dalvin Cook, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, all on by. Um, so, he's playing a bunch of streamers this week. But uh, my team's been kind of hit with the injury bug. But when we talk about injury bugs, I think it's interesting because I think the Chiefs caught the injury bug at the perfect time if that's considered a thing. Like, they didn't lose anybody for the season early on in the year, right? Like, they did, they lost Mahomes to, like, a knee injury in Denver and Ohio State's getting ready to go up 14 nothing on Penn State. But, like, they didn't lose Mahomes to, like, ACL surgery. Well, and, like, your worst season-ending injury that you've seen for the Chiefs so far is probably Emmanuel Ogba. Right who was having a great season, but it's not like you lost one of those top-tier guys that you rely on for your entire season. Yeah, like you didn't have, like Tyreek Hill had that clavicle injury mm-hmm. that was really weird, but he was out weeks, like what, one through like six. like six or seven, and then he came back two weeks ago, and then he came back, he came back what against, he came back against the uh, Vikings, he came back against Tennessee, and then he got re-injured in that game against Mex in or that game against the Chargers in Mexico because the field was trash and he tweaked like a hamstring, which looked like he was fine, but it was kind of like the it looked like the narrative around it was like, hey man, this field's absolutely a garbage pit, and I'm not gonna cause you to like blow your hamstring yeah, I'm out put, because putting him out there with a strain, yeah. if he's gonna slip, he's just gonna hurt himself worse. Right. Um Eric Fisher goes out week two, comes back last week. LDT and, was out for a few weeks. Yeah. Chris Jones was out for a few weeks. And they're all back. And they're and, and, and like I said, like you get it. Like Fisher didn't look great, but it's his first game back. Better than Cam Irving. Yeah, he had like what core surgery or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. And yeah, he's an upgrade from Cam Irving. And then you get all these guys back. You get Mahomes saying, "Oh, I've never felt better since the first game of the season." Leading the team in rushing. <laughs> yeah, against the Chargers plus yards on that field, and. Yeah, your running backs, like Damian Williams has a rib injury. LaShawn McCoy was put in concussion protocol. Darrell Williams is just the guy that just seems to be like, hey, come on. Like, I'm here. I, I excel in my opportunities. And then Darwin Thompson is just like the great hype that was preseason because they got a really good picture with his shirt off and the guy's completely yoked. But it feels like the Chiefs got hurt at the right situation uh, during the right time. Like, we always talk about this. I talked about this Monday night as I filled in for Bink on Bink at Night. Is that when it comes to the playoffs, you don't want to... It's not necessarily who's the best team going into the playoffs. It's the who's the most healthiest team going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting when you look at that. Like, when Peyton Manning and the Broncos won that Super Bowl against Carolina, Peyton Manning's arm was completely gone. It was just over with. You could tell. Preseason, it looked... Uh, it looked like it was just completely deteriorated. It looked like he couldn't throw the ball more than 20 yards. But it just so happened that that team had a dynamite defense led by Von Miller, who was that year's Super Bowl MVP. 
because at one point he literally ripped the ball from Cam Newton and scored a touchdown um, in the Super Bowl. And it was like the Denver Broncos defense stayed healthy, so they were the best team moving forward. Like, they didn't need the Peyton Manning to go out there and throw for 400 yards a game and four touchdowns like he did the previous two years. They just needed Peyton Manning to keep the ball, have good drives, give your defense a breath, and their defense was good for at least one score a game, it seemed like, but that's all that mattered. And now that Fisher's back, LDT's back, Tyreek Hill's banged up, but it seems like he's back. It looks like he's going to be back next week when they play the Oakland Raiders. At Arrowhead, by the way, for those of you that are under a rock like Patrick and Starfish, that game's at 325. It's been flexed. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the week after it gets flexed against New England because I know that Bears game is a Sunday night game as well. But Mahomes, like you said, comes back, says he's never felt better, backs up his word, goes out there and leads the team in rushing on a terrible field because their running backs got banged up. But it looked like he had had that confidence where he was like, okay, like I'm going to get out there. Because against Tennessee, everybody watched that game on like pins and needles, right? You're like, okay, okay, he's fine. Is he limping? How's he look? Okay, he's getting yeah, pressure. Anytime he got hit, you're like, oh, like is he fine? watching him for the limp or whatever. And, and that's going to be the way it is with Mahomes like for the rest of his career. Just because like he's so precious to your team and he's so valuable. Well, you see obviously. how everything changes when he's out of the game. That's right. So when you look at the Chiefs and you look at when they got hurt, and you look at when everybody else is getting hurt right now. Like, you look at the, at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, somebody sent in a text line. Uh, the Pro Genius, with a purpose text line. They said, the Steelers are coming in strong. Yeah, but they just lost their running back again. Yeah, Connor's out. Juju's out. Juju's out. And they've been without Big Ben all year. Yeah, and they have Mason Rudolph, who sucks. Sorry. Um, you look at teams in the NFC. You look at, like, the Philadelphia Eagles. Jordan Howard's gone. Their wide receiver core is a mess. Like, Artega Whiteside might lead that team in receiving this mm -hmm. weekend um, against the Dallas Cowboys in a division game. I think that's who they play, right? Uh, they got the Seahawks. This Seahawks, week. that's right. They play the Seahawks. Alshon Jeffrey has been hurt. You look at the Minnesota Vikings. Adam Thielen hasn't been playing. So who stepped up? Kyle Rudolph, they look all right. Kirk Cousins looks like he's doing okay. But that's a big injury. Indianapolis Colts. Marlon Mack breaks his hand. That team was a run-first offense, and they looked completely lost with a running back committee on Thursday night, playing on the road against a division team. I don't believe in the Colts. Yeah, not to mention T.Y. Hilton's been just not T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Yeah. And you always seem that when you want to be a team that is a playoff contender that can have some serious stride in the playoffs, how healthy is your team moving forward? And in this case, it seemed the Chiefs got hurt at the right time if that is sort of a thing, if you're okay with saying that. Tyreek seems to be back. Mahomes seems to be back. You have your blind side back and your left tackle and Eric Fisher. You have your right guard back in LDT. Chris Jones looks amazing. Chris Jones looks all right. Mitchell Schwartz is still healthy, even though he had a little hiccup where he missed four snaps. And then in the game against the Chargers, where he had to go against Bosa and Ingram, you know what he had? A clean sheet. He had zero pressures on his quarterback. Mitchell Schwartz is the best offensive line men on this team and one of the top three in the AFC. Mitchell Schwartz, healthy, is good as well. So the Chiefs and the injury bug seem to catch a break. Even though it seemed tough, you somehow beat the Vikings. You stay competitive with the Packers. And now everybody's back, and now you push forward. There's five games left, and you've got a bye week sandwiched in between all of that. The grind is now. The Chiefs may not lose the rest of the year. The Chiefs may go 11-5. and five. 
lock up that three seed like we talked in the first segment, and then have to go play either the Raiders in the first round here or the Buffalo Bills. Then you're going to Gillette, and you're going to Baltimore. But either way, I found this interesting when I was looking up some numbers just being bored. Josh Furnier and I both are in love with Mike Trout, and it's not even funny. And somehow, some way, Patrick Mahomes and Mike Trout are very similar. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Sunny and nice on a Saturday afternoon as we're live and local on 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Likens, Nick Price. This is Out of Bounds. Followed after us is uh, Overtime with Chris Unicero, Jillian Carroll, and Julio Sanchez. And that is what, Nick? The sexiest trio in sports radio. Check out the 435 Podcast Network. Download, subscribe. Remember the Arrowhead Pride Radio will be back on Wednesday at 6 p.m. And the players only show with Dana Hughes. We'll be on at 6 p.m. on Thursday as well. Everybody gearing up for Thanksgiving this week, Black Friday. Guys from Fesco in the morning will be out. I'll be filling in on Friday. I'll be here Monday night from 6 to 9, Tuesday from 6 to 9 as well. Protein House, Eat With a Purpose, text line 69306. We're going to do a little segment at the end called What You Watching. For those of you that remember, the real ones remember. What You Watching, send us in your show, 69306, Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, uh, HBO Go, Cable, movies, what are you going to see, what you watch, and will return uh, at the end of this show today. Um, but I thought it was interesting. I was sitting there. I was thinking about Josh Vernier. I said to myself, you know, one thing that we have in common, other than the fact that we both really, 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 really love baseball, is that we both really, really feel bad sometimes for Mike Trout. Because sometimes... When you're the best player on the planet, people take advantage of that. Stay with me. Because somehow Mahomes is tied into this. But Mike Trout in the MLB is the best baseball player I have ever seen. Mike Trout is the current MVP, as he was voted upon, as he is the MVP of the last season in the Major League Baseball. And Mike Trout has done something that's quite interesting. Mike Trout has finished in the top three in MVP voting since he's been in the league. He's won it three times. The other times that he's been there. So Mike Trout came into the league July 8th, 2011. In the nine years that he's played, 13 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. He got his third AL MVP this year. Mike Trout is the best baseball player I have ever seen. Before that, it was Barry Bonds. Albert Pujols was pretty solid as well just because of what he did in his first 10 years. And Mike Trout, I think, unanimously around the world, everyone would say, well, at least in America where baseball is still somewhat popular, I think people would say Mike Trout is the best baseball player in the MLB and that he should probably win the MVP every single year. It's definitely not only you thinking that either because a lot of people even put him in the conversation of by the end of it, he could be the best all time. Right. 
and he's won MVP in 2014, 16, and 19. He's a five-time American League Player of the Month. He's a four-time American League Player of the Week. He's a four-time American League Rookie of the Month. American League Rookie of the Year, two-time Major League Baseball Player of the Year award, blah, 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 blah. You know how it goes. He goes on and on and on. He's going to be a 3,503, whatever else it is when it comes into RBIs. When it's all said and done, he will be our generation of what Ted Williams was, Stan Stan Musial was. That's who he will be. And every year you watch baseball, you know and you know and you know and you know that Mike Trout is the best athlete, best baseball player, not ath- maybe not athlete. He's the best baseball player in the entire league. Which would make you think that he's the most valuable player every single year. But as we know, as LeBron James knows, as Michael Jordan knows, as Kobe Bryant knows, you don't always win the most valuable player award. It's almost a it's almost like almost contradicting, right? It's almost like Who's the best baseball player? Mike Trout. Who's the MVP? Well, I think it should be probably, uh, oh, I don't know, Jose Altuve. It's like, who had the more surprising season? Who exceeded expectations more is more what we're talking about with the MVP than who is the best player? Because you look at the NBA, and you can make an argument that LeBron James should win almost every year. Every single year. If LeBron James doesn't play for the Lakers, the Lakers aren't who the Lakers are. If LeBron James didn't play for Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers wouldn't have been who they were. If LeBron James didn't play for the Miami Heat, I still don't think the Miami Heat would have been who they are, even though they had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. So now we move the conversation to Patrick Mahomes. And the reason I bring this up is because the similarities are there. And a guy that I truly respect, and Nick Wright, had this to say about Lamar Jackson. The only person in football who can argue he's playing as well as Lamar is Russell Wilson. So is he the best player in football? Probably not. Is he having the best season of anyone in football? It's either him or Russell Wilson, and I will not accept another answer. Like, I hope you have one of those two answers, but I think, (laughs) to me, I think there's only two viable candidates right now for, in 2019, who has been the best player in the league, Lamar or Russell Wilson. To me, it's clearly one of those two guys. And you couldn't say it any better than that. In the 2019 season, Lamar Jackson has been the best player in football. But is Patrick Mahomes the most valuable player to his team? Absolutely. The Chiefs went 500 when Mahomes was out, right? Basically, yeah, under some pretty good quarterback play and play calling, too. You know, like, it took a lot of things for that right. to happen. Like, Andy Reid had to, like, basically become a fantasy football streamer where he had to put everything together and make it seem right. So, whereas Mike Trout doesn't win MVP every single year, and people say, are you guys high? I didn't say Mike Trout was the best player of all time. I said there's a possibility he could be the best player of all time. And there's conversation about it. There is, and there will be. Like, he's only played in, like, eight seasons, and he's won MVP three times. Does Trout need to win a ring? Is Trout better than Griffey Jr.? Yes, Trout is better than King Griffey Jr. He is. I'm sorry. He will be. He's not now. His numbers don't implicate that, but he will be better than King Griffey Jr. Where it comes to Patrick Mahomes, is Patrick Mahomes the most valuable player in the NBA, in the NFL? 100% would say yes. Patrick Mahomes has the best arm in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes has the best pocket just presence in the NFL. The way he can move, the way he can see things, the way that once you do it to him, he knows where it's at every single time. You don't need to know if it's true or not because it is true. 
He said it against the Patriots. Once he knew where they were going to blitz and once he knew what they were going to do, he always had that in his mind. And you look at the second half against the Patriots last year and you look at the playoffs as well. Patrick Mahomes may not win MVP every year. Hell, Mike Trout doesn't. But Mike Trout's won it three times and I don't think Patrick Mahomes is only going to win it once. But I think that other people would agree that Patrick Mahomes might be, in fact, the best quarterback in football. And what's the most prized position when it comes to football? Quarterback. Who's the quarterback when it comes to baseball? The center fielder or the shortstop? That's just the way it goes. You could say it's catcher because he's always around the ball and calls the plays. It's not true. Your center fielder is basically your quarterback. That's normally where your best athlete goes on the field. That or shortstop. Mike Trout is to baseball what Patrick Mahomes is to football. Everyone knows who the best player is at that position, which is the most important position when it comes to baseball and football, quarterback, center fielder. They don't always win MVP. And Patrick Mahomes has only been in the league literally three years. Sat one year behind Alex Smith, won MVP the next year, and then this year he got hurt. But what's his numbers? 19 touchdowns and two interceptions. Two. His interception rate is number one in football. He's thrown for almost what is it? Almost 3,000 yards already? Yeah, it's like 2,800. 2,800. He's gotten better as a quarterback after he won the MVP. And, oh, by the way, he's missed games. So, yeah, Lamar Jackson's having the best season. We'll probably win MVP. We'll probably be on the cover of Madden. But don't let that fool you because everyone should probably know that Patrick Mahomes is the MVP every single year. He's just not the seasonal MVP. It's kind of like that question that the media always poses of, if you could start your franchise with one player, who would you pick? In baseball, a lot of people would pick Mike Trout. In football, almost everybody's picking Patrick Mahomes. 100%. If you could start a franchise in baseball right now, you would go Mike Trout because of talent, youth, and everything else that comes with it. When it comes to football, who would you start a franchise with? You're probably going to pick Mahomes, and then some people might be like, oh, you know what, I'll go Lamar Jackson. I like that he's elusive. That's fine. It just makes it interesting. I know the MVP race is kind of overrated, and it's kind of one of those things that just causes conversation. But the way that I look at the MVP race is that sometimes it is seasonal. Ask yourself, five years, you want Mahomes or you want Lamar Jackson? Russell Wilson's also having a great year. Russell Wilson has a lot of solid years. Russell Wilson is top three quarterback in the top five quarterback in the NFL. Trout puts up numbers just like Mahomes puts up numbers. And the one similarity that kind of hurts both of them, Mike Trout doesn't get pitching just like Patrick Mahomes doesn't get defense. And those are the two catalysts for both those athletes. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a ring yet. Neither does Mike Trout. Royals kind of spoiled that in 2014. Um, new ownership for the Royals, but does it mean new way? I mean, we hope, right? Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Out of Bounds, Dusty Likens, Nick Price with you until 3 o'clock. Then Julio Sanchez and Christian Nacero, Julian Carroll out. They will have you from 3 until 4. And then K-State coverage kicks off uh, right after that at 4 o'clock as they play at 6 o'clock today. Uh, KU Iowa State, what is it? You said it's 19-9 uh, to 9 or something 14 like that? 14-9 at the half, Iowa State leading. And KU is the biggest money dog on the market this week? Yep. 
you like sports betting, you can go check out our boss, Steven Spector's uh, podcast, as it is the uh, Praying for the Push on the 435 Podcast Network. If you want to win some money or have a side job, um, just some other things on there as well. There's a um, the true son, Brandon Kylie. Normally does the leadoff, but today it was Jay Binkley, obviously, that did it. Um, from 10 to noon, he's also on the drive with Carrington Harrison. By the way, I got to see Carrington Harrison last night. He came into my uh, place of employment um, and ate dinner. Got to meet his uh, mother and sister for the first time. Nice people. You want to know what Carrington, Harrington, Carrington Harrison had for dinner last night? What do you have? A 10-ounce prime rib. Live at large. That's right. Do you, man. Congratulations on his show on uh, Sundays. He will be uh, hosting shows from, I think, 9 to 1 p.m. 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. every Sunday. So uh, give our guy a listen. If you don't already, from 2 to 6, uh, every Monday through Friday, he and BK and Sean Levine, the sports machine, chew it and do it. Um, something we talked about when we started the show, that there has had been a lot of a lot of stuff that happened since we had been on the air last, which I think the last time you said we were on the air was October 13th. 12th. 12th. Wasn't that the night before there was like a blood wolf moon? Uh, it was called the hunter's moon. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. My nickname I get called is the dirty werewolf, so I just think everything is just wolf, which is funny. Well, I like, mean, you're always like keeping your keeping your ear down close to the ground for any kind of like full moons or always, moons, man. I'm know? in I'm into space. Yeah, whatever you want to say. Big after astrology that, guy. That's huge, huge, huge. Love astrology. Love. There was a huge meteor shower in like St. Louis. My buddy got to like catch it on his like uh, door thing. I was like, man, I'm so jealous. A lot of stuff goes into the astrology thing for me, though. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Uh, yeah, punt it all you want. Um, but, uh, something that happened when we were gone recently is, uh, the Royals and their new ownership is official as it got voted on if it was approved and it was the Royals also hired a new baseball manager, a new skipper. It was Mike Matheny. Um, he is now the man that is in charge. He is the guy in blue. It appears that all the bench coaches will stay from articles that I've read. And our guy, Lynn Worthy, of the Kansas City Star, wrote a pretty good article yesterday about Sherman and his moves towards the Kansas City Royals. And reading the whole thing this morning, the most important thing that came up to me was in 2015 when the Royals won the World Series, the 40-man roster's payroll came in at $127 million, which ranked 13th in the majors. The average major league payroll that season was 130. So you're right around average. The club's payroll increased in 2016 to 143, and in 27, it went up to 153 as the Royals held on to veteran players from their World Series runs, but they went 81 and 81 in 2016, and they went 80 and 82 in 2017. During the Royals' back-to-back 100 lost seasons in 18 and 19, their payroll came in as at 126, 21st in Major League Baseball, and 102 million, 24th, respectively, in baseball. The Royals, as he ends the the article that you could find in the Casey Star or on the internet if you're a subscriber. The Royals are expected to pursue starting pitching on this year's free agent market, complement a core of homegrown position players. A little bit to digest here. Obviously, the Glass family no longer in charge. This guy is. Local guy, you know the story, was here in 14 when the Royals played the Giants. He got a bunch of good feels inside. It was like, man, I really like this team. I really like this town. Then he kind of goes and becomes a partial owner for the Cleveland Indians, and he comes back here to Kansas City, and now he's the owner of the Kansas City Royals. 
And some of the hot topics that come up with the new ownership of the Royals is are they going to keep their stadium at the Truman Sports Complex? Are they going to move downtown? My hope, to piss a lot of you off, is that there is a downtown stadium eventually. I just like the scene. I like to keep up with the Joneses. There's a lot of people that do that. I don't like to bring the Cardinals in for a comp uh, for the Royals. But their stadium, downtown, it's fine. You just can't beat that backdrop either. It's nice. But not only that, but it provides other things. And it boosts the economy downtown and everything. Like game days. I mean, you got 81 right. of them. And we don't have to get into that. But the thing that's interesting to me is that they want to experience, they want, they're expected to pursue starting pitching in this year's free agent market. Now, I'm not saying the Royals are going to go out there and sign Garrett Cole, because I think he's going to go to the Cubs um, or the Yankees. He's just basically, or you just be even more lethargic with it. Is you just going to go to the largest bidder. Way to go, A.J. Hinch, uh, for not putting him in in game seven. Uh, bang on a trash can if you're with me. Uh, I just hate the Astros. And... The thing that brings in new ownership is the two most important things to me. More analytics, more money. You look and you state the obvious. When the Royals spent more, they won more, right? They had a core of guys that were good together. The chemistry was there. I get it. They went to a World Series. They went in back-to-back World Series and won one and lost by 90 feet against the Giants. Then when they stopped giving money to that roster and putting money towards that roster, the team lost 100 games. And the biggest fear for a lot of Royals fans was, I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing another 30-year drought. I don't want to lose two decades of fans. I want to keep these people going because when the Royals are rocking, this town's rocking. And I get it. Right now, the hot topic is the Kansas City Chiefs and number 15. But when you think about what the Royals could be under new ownership, under new styles of play with analytics, and I get it. Mike Matheny's got a lot to prove. He's got a lot to prove to this town and to this team because he didn't come over here with the cleanest record. I'm not going to trash a guy that I don't know, but I know what the past says, and I know that he had some issues in St. Louis. That's fine. Second chance, under the wing of Dayton Moore. I trust Dayton Moore. I feel like when Ned Yost got hired here, there's a lot of people, one in particular that I know for a fact, didn't like the hire, and Ned Yost won over the people with decision-making towards the end of the playoff runs and getting that bullpen together, and you can call that bullpen an anomaly, whatever you want to call it. Either way, he managed it right and got it done. Mike Matheny, kind of the same situation. Comes from a team that not a lot of people in this town like, was a player there, had some issues, but he's got some time to make things up. And this team might, could, spend more money with new ownership and is going to actually try to do things more analytically than like old school, like, I'm going to have my pitcher go out there, try to go six innings, instead of trying to do the opener and have guys pitch one or two innings to start the game, whereas you could have done that several times last year. In fact, the guys they called up, Stallmont, one of them, was in that role in the minor leagues, and it worked out. Instead of having Jacob Junis pitch four innings and throw 90 pitches, have Stallmont pitch the first and second, bring in Junis in the third. Obviously, that's how openers work. But with new ownership and new ways, You've got to look at what the obvious is. And the thing that sticks out the most to me is that when the Royals went to the World Series in 15, they had the 13th highest payroll. And they were competitive. Like, I'm okay with 81 and 81 baseball. Baseball is a long season, and you're not going to win the World Series every year. But if you're competitive every year, and you somewhat make it look like this town and this team gives a poo about what they put out on the field... Like, this team had too good of an offense to lose that many games this year. It's that simple. Yeah, you watch this team this year, and they seemed 
to be dramatically improved from last year, and yet the record was just about the same. Yeah. I mean, and at one point in the season, it looked like it was going to be worse. Mm -hmm. And you had the leader in hits in Whit Merrifield. You had the leader in home runs in uh, Solaire. You had Hunter Dozier that had a really good year when it comes to the numbers that a lot of people don't really like to look into that are the basic fan, but like the OPS, the base, just the slug, all that was there for Hunter Dozier. You have arbitration on those players, so you don't necessarily need to spend money on position players, it would appear. Plus, you get your catcher back next year in South catcher. You get him back. You don't have to worry about guys like Lucas Duda anymore, Boxberger, guys like that. You get to move on with new ownership and you get to try things out differently. How they go and experience in this pitching market, I don't know because the five guys that are below everybody, they're coming. Singer, Coart, Lynch, all those guys, they're all on their way. The position players are still a little bit further behind them. The Prados, the Khalil Lees, the Kyle Isbell, he's a pitcher. But all these guys, those guys, I don't think Kyle Isbell's good. Anyway, they're all on their way. They're just not here yet. But you have a core of guys that if you can keep together and change the way you play, and keep new ownership and the way that he wants to keep it, what else can you get better? And the only way they're going to get better is if they try new things and spend a little bit more money because it's clearly there in the article that Lynn Worthy wrote, who is the Royals beat writer for the Kansas City Star. That is Nick Price. My name is Dusty Likin. Next week is an AFC West showdown. It's been flexed, and I just really don't understand a few things, but maybe we got to give the Raiders a little bit more respect. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.